up, everyone? Um, for those of you who listened to my podcast last night, uh, um, Thundercunt did listen. I heard his feelings, apparently. Um, not sorry. Um, apparently, no. Apparently, I'm sorry, my my dog's in my office tonight, so he, whenever I talk, he feels like I'm talking to him, so he comes over here and um, expects to get pets, because there's nobody else in the room but him, right? Um, so he doesn't understand that the headset is actually um, something that I'm doing that doesn't involve him, so he feels like he has to be all up in my business. Um, <laughs> anyways... Thundercunt emailed me, and he was um, really upset with my with the content of my show last night, and how I didn't take his feedback seriously. Um, and um, I should be uh, grateful that he took the time to email me to let me know his perspective. Um, and uh, honestly, Thundercunt. Um, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care if you spent two hours writing that email. I literally do not care. Okay? So, Thundercunt, it works like this. It it really does. It, it works like this. Um, I give you free stuff to read on a site that I host, that I use to host my hobby that I enjoy, and I do what I enjoy, not what you enjoy, um, I'm not your bitch, Uh, straight up, I'm not your bitch, and I'm not going to take your advice, I'm not going to be gracious about receiving feedback I did not request. I don't care what you think. That's why I didn't ask you what you think. So you email me, and the consequences of that are yours to bear. If you don't like what I have to say about you, Thundercunt, don't email me anymore. And if my lack of appreciation in the time that you spent was upsetting to you, That is your problem and not mine. You see, here's the thing about men like you, Thundercunt. Um, You get your validation from subjugating other people and making them do what you want. Because on the inside, you're tiny and you're small and you're narrow. And the only way you get power is to take it from others and to subjugate them. But I got news for you. It's kind of like being a whore. If you can't get pussy, then you have to go out and pay for pussy. And in this particular instance, you're going to have to find somebody to pay to listen to you talk. Because I'm not interested in listening to you talk. And I don't care what you think. And if you want to have somebody in your life that cares what you think, I suggest you put them on payroll. Thunder cunt. Um, and I know you don't like being called a cunt. 
because you think it's degrading. But let me tell you something about cunt. Cunt's awesome. In fact, thinking about how awesome cunt is, I feel terrible for calling you that because you're not nearly as awesome as cunt. Just saying. Thunder douche. It doesn't really roll off the tongue the way thunder cunt does, though. We're gonna we're just gonna assume that thunder cunt putting the thunder on the front of it makes it bad, like it's like really awful dirty cunt. Thunder cunt. Twat's really nice, so I'm not sure twat waffle works either. But if you put thunder in front of it, it does imply that there's something wrong with it, you know. <laughs> thunder stain. It's just, you know, um. But yeah, you know, dude, if if you have a problem with being called a cunt, you're going to have to find somebody new to email because from now on, that's how I'm going to refer to you as Thundercunt. It's a done deal. Once something, something like that forms in my brain, it, it doesn't really want to go away and I really don't want to let it go. So, <sighs> Thundercunt is your new name. And if you don't like it, go away. Because I don't really owe you anything. I really, really don't. I don't owe you time. I don't owe you politeness. One of the things I hate, one of the things I hate is the assumption that I am required to be polite to somebody who um, in his particular case, it was a uh, uh, I guess you would say a verbal assault on my methods, and um, I'm supposed to be grateful, and I'm supposed to be gracious about receiving his um, his derogatory feedback. Now, it really struck me, really this this second email, because um, it talks because it was about. <sighs> Nothing really beyond the fact that I'm ungrateful, which I've been called before in fandom. Because apparently, um, well, women are supposed to be polite, right? We're supposed to be polite and gracious. Um, it kind of goes back to that whole thing where a guy asks you out and you don't know him really well. And you're not sure how he's going to respond. And you think to yourself, okay, do I tell him I have a boyfriend do I just say, no, I'm busy? Is he going to follow me home and kill me? Is he going to punch me in the face? And, you know, if there's men out there listening and you're wondering if those are, are something that's legitimately um, a concern, yes, it is. Um, there was, when I was single, um, rejecting a man came with, um, had the potential for consequences uh from violent to being cussed out, you know. I can't even tell you how many times I turned down a man to dance in a club, and he would walk away calling me a fucking bitch. I didn't want to dance with you anyway, you fucking whore. How many times did I hear that? Really? I couldn't even tell you. Between me and my friends, I could not even tell you. Well, yeah, it is a form of gaslighting, um... Um, to um, imply that he gets to treat me a certain way and I should appreciate being treated that way. Um, 
But the fact of the matter is, is that when women die of unnatural causes in this country, more often than not, it is a man who's responsible, an intimate partner, a former intimate partner, or a man she rejected. Because men are fragile, thundercunt, um, and you are too. You are terribly fragile, because here I am, a woman you don't even know, and you are deeply invested in my, in my opinion of you. And by the way, thundercunt, you apparently follow me on Facebook, you mentioned something that I tweeted that didn't show up anywhere but on my Twitter feed. You follow me on Tumblr. You're a member of my website. You're a member of Trade and you listen to my podcast. Bitch, you're a fan. So don't be offended when I call you one. I'm just saying. You're not the kind of fan I enjoy, but you're definitely a fan. If you pay attention to all the shit I do, that's what you are. There's a thin line in there. There's a thin line between stalker and fan. Um, (sighs) There are a lot of people who follow me on all those platforms, right? But they don't email me um, with weird shit. Now, granted... One thing in Thundercunt's favor is that um, not a single threat made it into either one of these emails I received. So that's, you know, that's interesting. Um, Most of the first one was mansplaining about how the Internet worked and how I should um, be more open um, with my website and... uh, um, Oh, oh, and also that I use too much foul language um, in my podcast, um, and that he likes the sound of my voice, because that's not creepy, Um, but he hates it when I cuss, Um, because it's unattractive when a woman cusses. Let me tell you something, motherfucker. I don't care if you find me attractive. Being attractive... Isn't the price I pay for existing. Currently, my hair is in three ponytails. I have not worn makeup in about five months. I took a shower today. My shorts and my t-shirt don't match. And you know what? Neither do my underwear and my bra. In fact, I haven't worn a matching set of underwear and bra since I was in my 20s. Because what? I can't keep track of that. Sometimes they're in the same general color group. Sometimes. But most of the time, not. I stopped wearing contacts about two years ago because they were fucking up my eyes. So, you know, I don't actually invest a lot of time in looking good. And even if I did, it wouldn't be for you. Because I got a man. And he likes me just the way I am. And he's never even seen Bridget Jones' diary. And he don't care that I don't wear makeup. And that my hair is in three pigtails. And my shorts don't match my shirt. He don't give a shit. Although, he does have one thing that he appreciates when I get my feet done. which So I get my feet done. Of course, he pays for it. That's another thing. You don't pay my bills. And since you don't finance me and you don't fuck me and you don't feed me, your opinion about me means jack shit. 
I got to tell you, though, even if my husband had a problem with my cousin, I wouldn't be able to stop. I cuss like a sailor. I always have. I got in more trouble as a child for cursing than I did anything else. Anyways. I'm entitled to my opinions. And speaking of being entitled to opinions... This week, Jilly posted a um, uh, a review of uh, of um, menstrual cups on her website, and um, it was available for her readers to read behind a password. And uh, someone um, took great offense <laughs> to her opinion, to her personal review and her personal experience. So she tried to invalidate. Jilly's experience because of her own and then doubled down I'm going to put I'm going to put Jilly on so she can talk about this cuz it's fucking hilarious and you need to read the article too Yes, I have a prissy <laughs> vagina apparently. <laughs> That's the best part, the prissy vagina. The prissy vagina. Yeah, you know, I had a lot of people. I it really was a horrifying whole experience for me. You know, the the whole try and mental shortcut thing. But I felt like you know I needed to kind of like exercise the demon by presenting it in the humorous light because it did have a big comedy of errors aspect to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, somebody wrote me. People contacted me, told me you know their positive experience with it, which I was not trying to turn anybody off of menstrual cups. I know a lot of people really dig them, you know, it's, it's like liberating for them, saving the environment, whatever your reason for it is, good for you. I'm glad you can use them. But for me, you know, the giant silicon vaginal boulder is never going to happen. It's never happening. That's not going up there again. <laughs> so somebody writes me. Most people were like, you know, I had a really good experience with this. I'm sorry it didn't work for you or whatever. And that's fine. I, I don't mind that. But one person wrote me and told me, because one of the comments I made in my um, thing is that everybody talks about how, you know, that the cup, because you fold the cup up before you put it up there. And, you know, they said the folded cup is not much bigger than um, a tampon. And my first thought when I thought was like, that's a fucking lie. You liars, you lying liars who lie. Because this thing is like, I would say like four times folded the size of a tampon, right? So she tells me. So I she would say probably me, at least three times bigger than a super tampon. Tampon, right? So she writes me to tell me that, um, you know, that her problem with my article was that, and it was more of a rant. It wasn't an article, but she called it an article. That um, my for the problem with it was it was providing misinformation because I said people lied about that and it didn't. It wasn't that much bigger. So I I took the folded menstrual cup and I put it in my hand. I put a tampon right next to it and I sent her the photo and it's clear the size disparity crystal clear <laughs> this thing is just massive right um <laughs> and she writes me back and she insists that there's not that much size difference and that i must have a prissy vagina honestly it's like the difference between a carrot and a really large cucumber yeah a thin carrot, like you know, as a not not the base, but like the you know, it is probably it is literally three times the size when it's folded. When it's folded, of a super tampon, you know, the the super absorbency. Now, 
I tried my Diva cup. That's what I bought. I bought a Diva, and I tried it when I wasn't on my period. I don't even know. I don't know how you could do that. (laughs) And the reason I haven't really talked about it much is because while I didn't have your experience, and it definitely wasn't as bloody and it didn't look like psycho happened in my bathroom afterwards, um, I did try it in the shower. um, And uh, I don't know how... I, I didn't get all the way in. Okay, first, I didn't get the the cup in. Um, second, uh, the cup. <laughs> I don't know how I managed it, but somehow when the cup semi opened, like just inside, it hit my G spot. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> oh. Now, I've never had my G-spot stimulated when I wasn't already sexually aroused. I I cannot explain that experience. It was, it was not good. <laughs> it was, I don't know what it was. It was, you it's ever had hell, to. It's alarming. It's like, what the fuck just went on down there? You if you have you ever had to pee so much you thought you would die? Because <laughs> that's yes. what it felt like. And I thought, do I have to pee? No, I don't have to pee because I peed before I got in the shower just in case, right? You know, I didn't want to, you know, be in the middle of that and have to pee. So I get this thing out and I'm looking at it. <laughs> I was like, well, maybe I just didn't use enough lube. So I tried again because they tell you to use lubrication for you know when you're practicing for the practice yeah they tell you not to use lube for the main event and i could not get it to end it would open up before it would get all the way there i know yeah and so i popped and i had my feet (laughs) i must have been three fingers deep at one point i'm not even kidding and i was like fuck this i I give up i give up i am not dumb i don't know why this will work I guess somebody told me, they said, well, most, a lot of women get it partway in and then, you know, bear down and let it open up and then push it the rest of the way up. And, I mean, I clenched my legs together. I was like, no, no. I mean, maybe once it's up by the cervix, the size of that thing is acceptable, but not in it, out in the middle of the vagina. No. But I was here's just, the thing. Here's the thing. As much trouble as I tried, you know, just on the practice and there was no blood involved – even if I could get it in and it worked, there is no way in hell I could do that in a public bathroom. I would have my foot. <laughs> Can you imagine being in a public bathroom trying to do that while you're menstruating? You've got one foot up on the back of the commode thing, and you hope it's a full commode and not one of those <laughs> ones that just has a metal handle. And... So you're in the bathroom stall performing maneuvers out of the Cirque du Soleil to put your fucking menstrual cup in. I Like what? what how is it supposed to work? <laughs> I, I you know, and I I know a lot of people who, who use these and I ask them, they say, Well you get used to it. I'm like, I can't get used to that. I can't. And then, you know, there's all these you know, 'cause when you're 
um, they say that, you know, if you need a little lubrication when you're on your period with this thing, that you should just put a little water around the rim. And, yeah, I wanted to just go, no. We have had the discussion that water is not lube. We've been there. We've done that. We've disproved the myth. <laughs> not acceptable but I just mm, I just I just can't it's not for me um, um, and I don't need people to talk me out of it that is just so bizarre it's like well and then somebody points me to a video after the fact according to a video with Pete Lay's talking about take a bath have some wine burn some incense do whatever relax you I'm like no I'm not seducing my vagina I'm just not <laughs> for a menstrual cup and again in a public bathroom right I mean it's just <sighs> I don't I mean you're supposed to be able to wear it for 12 hours depending upon you know how how heavy your flows are right right but right. not everybody can not everybody gets 12 hours out of it because they're you know they have a they have a they're heavier bleeders or whatever and, you know, and even that, it's just like a, you, I don't want to structure my life around when I'm going to be at the right place to change my menstrual cup. Because, you know, if it goes bad, then what? <laughs> it's, like, it's like, well, I got it at home. after I. So here I am, I'm at home, you know, this morning at home, I, I got it in, I had my, my bath and a glass of wine for breakfast. <laughs> and I don't know why I thought it was a good idea when – um. Some of my worst experiences, menstruation-wise, have happened because of tampons. Um, I am that woman who lost, I mean, you know, there's always that one friend you've got that had lost a tampon. I'm one of them. Mm-hmm. And um, couldn't find it, yeah. Yeah. Um, fortunately, I had a friend who was quite adventurous, and he had no problem going to find it. <laughs> <laughs> Go get this thing for me, would you? There's some tongs in the kitchen. He was like, he was like, what? <laughs> okay. <laughs> How about we do this in the shower? <laughs> but so while Earth, I think that a fucking diva cup was a good idea. I don't know. Well, I had I read some posts. People talked, you know, anecdotally that um, even though they'd never been able to deal with tampons, it was great with the menstrual cup. That their cramps went away when they stopped using tampons and the menstrual cup resolved. And I don't understand the biology of how switching from tampons to the menstrual cup eliminates your cramps. But you know, more than one person posted on oh. this, and I did a lot of reading and investigation before I decided to spend that forty bucks. And now it's like the worst, you know, shower shelf ornament of all time. Well, what I would say about that cramp thing is that um, one thing I've always noticed about myself is that when I use, um, not like an OB, an, an OB tampon, because those are terrible, but like the thick ones with the applicator, you know, like the, mm-hmm. you know, you're gonna mash, you're gonna like menstruate a three gallons of blood tampon. <laughs> Yeah, like the the I think Tampax has what they call like the ultimate size or something like that, yeah. and it's like a hot dog. It's like, what am I gonna do with I that? Have I don't that when I wear a really thick tampon, I ultra. don't get the ultra. I don't get as many. I I don't have cramps, and what I think it is is that the tampon puts pressure on your muscles, and it helps hmm. with the flow. Um. And so I don't get cramps when I use tampons. 
So that could be what those people are talking about using the Diva Cup if it's situated just right in the vagina, that it could um, alleviate cramps for some women. And that actually makes sense to me. Um, but no, no, I don't know why I thought that was a good idea. Waste of money. Waste of money. I don't know. I mean, you know, it's just I I have to be really, really, really in the mood to want anything in my vagina. And, you know, it's just, you know, it's just not I, – I don't know why I thought I could stick something all the way up to my cervix twice a day for a week a month. It just isn't happening. I, like I said on Facebook, the the, the Diva Cup just wasn't um, willing to provide them the amount of foreplay I require. Because <laughs> that damn thing, when it was open, was actually bigger than the current vibrator I've got. Yeah, me too. And the thing is, I somebody actually suggested that I try um, masturbation before using it for the first time. I was like, I know. <laughs> No. This is a little bit too much. Um, I don't know. Excuse me. I need to go spend 15 minutes in the Starbucks bathroom because I need to change my diva cup, and that's gonna involve. I mean, how do you get turned on for that? <laughs> Sorry, bitches. I'm wearing a menstrual cup. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> we get it. Um, but. Am I the only one who actually gets a little tighter after mastur- after an orgasm? No, I do too. Yeah, I can feel all that okay, stuff. Okay, <laughs> uh-uh, I'm not getting anything up there. That's how I, um, in the past, um, my husband and I lost a condom because of that. Because my muscles do tense, clench, clench and I kept the condom. <laughs> Souvenir, baby. <laughs> He's like, oh, we got a problem. Like, oh, well, okay. <laughs> you left it. You go get it. <laughs> I mean, it, it it came out really easily, but I've also lost one that actually slipped behind my cervix, and my gynecologist had to retrieve it. That's just not a moment that you need to have. No. But I really did have really, that was really awesome sex, actually, because, and you're probably one of the reasons why I did have it get behind my cervix is because I came like three or four times and you know for those of you who don't know when you have an orgasm your cervix um, flexes and sucks (laughs) which is why it's really good to have an orgasm when you're trying to get pregnant because um, your cervix kind of helps get the sperm where it's supposed to go one of those things that I know for no reason. <laughs> it does. It um it um it forms a suction kind of and it, it, it sucks semen. It's not gonna suck an actual dick in. So for all of you who have cervical penetration in your stories, stop it. it. <laughs> if something is penetrating your cervix, you need to go to the fucking doctor, okay? That's right. There will be no penises entering wombs. That's just got to stop. So <laughs> I, it's, it's literally, I mean, I try not to, that's literally one of the weirdest kinks that exists in fiction, because it doesn't <coughs> exist in real life. That shit doesn't happen. This is this is virgins writing sex, because I've had a man ramp against my cervix, and it was not sexy. No. 
I don't like things banging it's off my not cervix. Sex. And when you've got a man who's, who's got a lot going on down there, he has to know his job. And ramming the cervix is not part of his job, okay? <laughs> Do I need to get you a retaining ring? Stop it. <laughs> I'm just saying. That's a Sorry, dick retainer Martha. for you. <laughs> We're really not trying to kill Barbara. <laughs> Take deep breaths. The Azure rule applies to the podcast, folks. I, but, you know, going back to the this woman who actually doubled down after you sent the photo um, it's because she expected you to bow down to her opinion mm-hmm. and probably change your website to reflect it instead I'm going to add that photo to my website because you know oh you definitely should I definitely should because I mean come on it's just like <sighs> but on the other hand we have a lot of fun abusing hashtags in the, in the Facebook thread over that I think we got vag hag. <laughs> Someone called her <laughs> vag nag. <laughs> I think vag nag was the one that had me laughing the hardest. Because I said I start I started with saying that we got two hashtags out of it: um, <laughs> defend your cup and own your prissy vag. <laughs> <laughs> and so it came back and said vag nag, and I just I about fell over. I mean, Donna was prissy. Huh? She um she said your vagina was prissy. Prissy. Yes. Yeah. That's a real personal kind of thing to So I was like, fine. If you if that's what it takes for you to shut up, I will own my prissy vagina. <laughs> I'm pretty someone sure my that I, up. I have standards. Someone suggested that I bedazzle the cup and send it to her. <laughs> to which I responded with a hashtag sparkly badge. <laughs> And then somebody responded about that vagina jazz hands. We had jazz badge. You should like totally recycle it and make it something like make it a wind chime in your bathroom and hang tampons from it. <laughs> it was terrible. And then someone concluded the thread kind of concluded with someone pointing out that I guess in some areas, it's very popular to vajazzle yourself, which involves um, shaving all your bit, all your hair off, hot wax, your hot wax, your hoo ha, and then you have rhinestones glued on in a specific pattern, and it's called vajazzling. No, <laughs> come on now. I did you not. And if you search, um. For the word vajazzle, it says it's adorn the pubic area of a woman with crystals, glitter, or other decoration. And there are images of women who have been vajazzled. So there you go. I can't even, no, no. But Xander asked a question earlier up in it about um, why this woman's opinion should rule. You know, But the thing is, we encounter this all the time. In fandom, yeah. where someone gives their opinion and their um, of the belief that um, their opinion should be the opinion. Yeah, that their opinion. It's like overinvestment in their own opinion. Um, it's like you know when I beta for people, one thing I tell them is I'm gonna have, probably have a lot of opinions, and I'm not attached to them. 
with one exception. I've discovered that there is an exception to me not being attached to my opinion. And if you if you violate that exception, then I will ask you to take my name off of your beta, which is that if I tell you you misspelled a word and you decide to keep the misspelling because clearly I'm wrong, um, yeah, we, we're going to have to part ways. <laughs> that's not an opinion. That's just fucking fact. <laughs> if you're going to make every vicious in your story spelled viscous, I refuse to have my name on that story as having beta read it because people are going to think that I don't know the difference between vicious and viscous, and I do. Okay, it's like, okay, you can keep my name on there as long as you put in the author notes that I disagree with you on the spelling of the following words. (laughs) (laughs) But normally, I'm not attached to my own opinion, and I think people with, you know, um, I'm attached to my own opinion and things about my own life, and I get to have that. But when I give my opinion, somebody says, what's your opinion on this? And I say, well, this is my opinion. And they go, well, okay, I'm not going to take it. I'm like, all right. <laughs> but I think some people are just so attached to what they think um, that when you say, I don't appreciate your opinion, or I don't want your opinion, or your opinion doesn't matter to me, it's like you're completely invalidating them as a person, and it's just ridiculous. Well, that probably also comes back to that whole thing about um, constructive feedback and the fandom and um, um, people not appreciating that and um, how dare you not appreciate my constructive feedback. You know, how often do we, how often do I get that? Not much anymore. (laughs) I used to get it a lot. I don't get it much anymore. Unless, you know, he's just trying to um, rearrange my entire online life to suit him. Thundercunt, I'm talking about you. Because um, apparently I'm doing it all wrong. I'm being me all wrong on the internet. I apparently I don't know how to do me. Uh, who, who knew? Um, well, who knew? I got when you entered Thundercunt. I've were... been doing me since I was 12. Well, I'm you basically said that when you entered fandom that you entered into some kind of indentured servitude. Right, right. And I've lowered my value. I'm still stuck on that, Thundercunt. I haven't forgotten. So what, no one's going to pick up my contract or something? Or is that what you're saying? <laughs> I hate to break it to you, There's asshole. There's a signing bonus, damn it. But, uh, you know, it I, I'm, I guess I'm going to make some inferences about what he's actually saying is that I've made myself more difficult to find. Um, and, the, and the fact of the matter is, is that I never advertise my Harry Potter fandom my my Harry Potter fan fiction to Harry Potter readers. Maybe maybe I did with Birth of the Serpent King, but I learned better. Because when I did Harry Potter and the Soulmate Bond, the only people who um, found out about it were the people who were already members of my site, and then it got wrecked some places, and then it ended up on Tumblr, and people started coming in. Um, but it wasn't because I went out and sought those readers. So, you know, he told me that... Um, that by locking my site down and, and making my site basically unsearchable to search engines, that I'm lowering my um, value um, and I'm lowering my um, profile on the internet. Well, guess what, dude? That was the point. Um, now he said I won't get new members, and it made me laugh. And I did tell him, and this is the truth: I average between fifty and a hundred new members a day. Yeah, you're hurting for new members, I can yeah, tell. Yeah, I'm hurting for new members. 
And I wouldn't, you know, honestly, my membership numbers don't mean jack shit to me. The only way they would mean jack shit to me is if I charged you all a dollar to log in. (laughs) (laughs) Then I would be like, yeah, bitches. (laughs) I'm just saying. I don't care. I have my readers. I know who they are. I'm, I'm very comfortable with my my readers, and I don't um, I don't seek new ones out. I'm not saying I, you know new ones are unwelcome because that's not true. If it was un, if it was true, I wouldn't have membership open at all. But I do have membership open. I just like to see who they are and get your IP address as you come through, so that I can ban you more efficiently <laughs> <laughs> if you're a problem. That was another thing, um, and I've I've actually had more than one email about this. Um, apparently, um, one of the people that I banned has been talking about it again. I don't know where. I didn't ask. Um, and it wasn't on Zara asking me because I did go look, um, or I couldn't find it or whatever. Anyway, and about how I'm um, – what was the term they used? Elitist. I'm an elitist, and I'm stuck up because I'm a big-name fan. <laughs> right. I'm like, bitch, that's not why I'm stuck up. <laughs> stuck up for a whole different reason. <laughs> hmm. <sighs> but I get really yeah. butthurt about it. I mean, if you don't want to get banned, follow the rules, and then you don't have to be butthurt. Well, it, it it boils down to the assumption that they have a right to read my work. Right. And they but, don't. But the banning all comes down to their inability to stop themselves from giving their opinion. I've never banned a woman from my site. Every person I've banned has appeared to be a man. Because a lot of men in this world believe they have a right to give you their opinion whether you ask for it or not. And even when you specifically say you don't want it. Maybe most especially when you say you don't want it. Oh, also, this is really interesting, and I'm not sure where this comes from since he does listen to my podcast. Um, He said he was surprised to encounter an Asian woman with such a terrible disposition. And for a minute, I didn't know who he was talking about, and I realized he was talking about me. He thinks he thought that I was Asian. I don't know if there's anything wrong with being Asian, because there's not. But I think, dude, that you need to realize that Asian women have just as many dispositions as any other kind of woman. (laughs) They're not all subservient. Is that what he's getting at? Or docile, or I don't know. I don't know what he's going for. And I was like, I 
I don't even know. I don't even know. Uh, I that's just so bizarre. <laughs> Lynn says she is Asian and she's not docile. <laughs> But no, I mean, I don't know why he called me Asian. That's not something I've ever claimed to be. I, I do have um, Native American um, in my bloodline and um, Scotch-Irish. Uh, and uh, so there's no, um, there's no, I guess unless you want to say that, you know, Native Americans do have Asian ancestry. Um, <laughs> if you... If you take it back a, a bit, sorry, Barbara cracks me up there. It's that Southern Asian drawl, right? Maybe it's my little girl voice, and he just assumed that I had this little girl voice, and I must be a cute little Asian girl. I don't know. You know those cute little Asian girls with the little girl voices on anime and shit. Mm-hmm. Oh, dude, I'm yeah. sorry if I ruined your wank off fantasy. <clears throat> uh. Too bad. The friend of mine who dick punches Not guys fun. who pick her up, she's Asian. Ew, Azure, stop it. In the corner oh. again. <laughs> <laughs> no. Go put on your pouty penis. I don't really know. Uh, I wonder what I wonder what he's all look like because I think Kelly Who was hot. <laughs> I'm okay looking like Kelly Who because she's fucking hot, <laughs> but not um, uh, Lucy Lou because I don't like her. <laughs> you could look like Maggie Q. Maggie Q is pretty hot too. Yeah, I I'd be okay with that one as well. Yeah. She's hot. But Kelly who's hotter, I think. Anyways, yeah, he thought I was Asian. Or he implied that he thought I was Asian. And I didn't have the proper disposition. I wonder if he thinks I'm a specimen. I haven't forgotten you, Brad. If you're listening. For a minute, I actually thought it was Brad. I looked it up, the IP address, and it's an enti- it's entirely different country, so I don't think it was Brad, which is unfortunate, because if it was, that would have been really interesting that he changed um, his email and his name to, to write me again. That would have been interesting. Well, could also be a VPN service. I discovered um, the horrors of the problem with VPN service recently. So mm-hmm. I have I, – I was getting some um, really questionable comments um, mm-hmm. all from, from the same IP address, but they were, I mean, radically different. Just just so far so, – so, I mean, like the tone – it's like I don't know how somebody makes themselves sound that different. Mm-hmm. Um, but they had the same IP address. And um, 
then I got a nice comment from somebody from the same IP address. And um, I wrote her and I said, you know, your IP address has come in from um, a couple other times with some really nasty comments. And she says, oh, well, I, when I'm online, I always use a VPN service. And I was like, okay, so these people are all using the same VPN service. And there are mm-hmm. probably other people who commented to me using VPN service, but they're not all dialing in apparently from like Atlanta on this one VPN site. So, um, well, I've I've actually banned a few um, VPN IP addresses using Banhammer, um, and I'm considering banning all VPNs if I can figure out how to do it. If there's a block of them. Mm-hmm. But when I find the VPN, I ban it because, um, and that might be terrible. Uh, I did have one lady who emailed me, and I won't tell you where she's from, but my site is banned um, in her country, and she was using a VPN to um, to see my site. So I unbanned that particular IP address so that she could see my porn because she was using a VPN to get around something great. That is a a way to get around it, you know. Um, And I I can understand why some people, you know, are trying to, um, like on sites, um, like LiveJournal and stuff, when you're dealing with, um, you know, when you're you're in a group that's logging the IP addresses of all the commenters, even if you comment anonymously, it's logging your IP address. Um, If you don't know those people, you might not want them being able to look up what neighborhood you live in. You know, I could see why yeah. that might be. Like, there's some some groups that I find questionable in LiveJournal, but I won't even comment in the group because I don't want them having my IP address. Um, but um, I could see why in some cases where um, people not being able to track you where you're actually living is a really good idea. But, you know, I I just wouldn't like, you know, it's just too much work. I, I mean, I just don't go to the places where I – feel like um unless you're on an, now, I, unless you're on a VPN all the time um it would on just occasions be too much work I've to used get on VPN and off. it's um it's an extension with Chrome Oh <laughs> We can discuss it later if you want Yeah I didn't yeah. know that existed. You can you can get a VPN um because <clears throat> I have a friend who has um Netflix and um she lives in Canada and um yeah, she lives in oh god, Quebec maybe. Um and she uh uses VPN to um go back and forth between um uh her Netflix and France's Netflix. Huh. Because Canada Netflix is different than France Netflix. She doesn't bother with US Netflix much because she's going to the France Netflix so that she can watch French movies that don't show up on the the Canadian um Netflix. Cuz Can- the Canadian uh, Netflix is mostly English with a little bit of French thrown in. So she gets the France Netflix or maybe it's Belgium. Is that is is, is that in France? No, that's, geography was no. not my strong um, <laughs> she goes to other countries that have French as their language and uses their Netflix using a VPN so that she can watch movies in, in French and I've known her since I was like 11 or 12 years old um, she's the friend of a cousin so it's really interesting um, 
how people use different tools on the internet. Although, honestly, it's kind of shitty the way Netflix separates us. Because you know that in the UK, their Netflix is going to get the new Star Trek show? Yes, Belgium is right north of France. Okay. Because I know she'd mentioned it before as um, using uh, going into their... Maybe it was it was there because she listed a whole bunch of different countries that she kind of flips around in to um, to, um, to to look at their Netflix. Wow, never would occur to me. But it's really shitty that the UK is going to get the new Star Trek series on their Netflix and we're not. That is really shitty. Somebody else is probably contracted for the for it then. If Netflix is going to get it, maybe Amazon. Prime well, it's going to or... be on their CBS to go their CBS site, and they're only going to put it on there. It's not going to be on regular TV, just on the CBS website. And we're not getting it on our Netflix at all. The only way you'll be able to watch it is on CBS. Well, that sucks. Damn, but you know, it's people who use. I mean, VPN has a lot of great uses, obviously. But it, um, people who use it to be abusive anonymously, that's just ugly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're going to be abusive to me, just at least be a little bit more straightforward about. It. It's not like people who send leave nasty comments on Ao3 anonymously. It's like, come on. Um, I mean, I don't. Know, a VPN is a um, protocol Virtu- that allows virtual, you to hide virtual your, private network. Uh, it, um, it'll it allows you to hide your um, your native IP address, which is how your computer is identified on the internet, so that you can be semi anonymous. Um, there are people out there who could trace you through a v, um, through through a VP through a VPN, so you should not consider it true. Anonymous, whatever. Um, but for the average internet user, it will hide you. Yes. Yeah. And it also depends upon the VPN service. The 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 higher end VPN services, like that corporations use, people are going to have a hard time. Aren't going to be able to crack those um, because they're using it. They're they're highly encrypted and used for corporate security. But um, the average VPN service that your average person can afford um, aren't perfectly secure. Um, but you so basically you should definitely you die. not do anything hinky or illegal on them. Yeah. So you you connect to the service. You die. You connect to the service, whether it's through an extension or a third party app or whatever. You can also there are also VPN services for your phone, and then it creates. And then when you go to websites, they're getting the IP address of your VPN service, not your IP address. Like, for instance, with some people's IP address, I can trace you all the way to your neighborhood. But with others, depending on your ISP, um, I'll get a uh, a region, just a region, um, and, your, and, your, and your cable provider. Um, but once I got an extremely abusive comment on my site, and it was... Really, really terrible, and I um, I checked the IP address, and it was for a uh, a business, 
in um, another state. So the next day during their office hours, I called and reported <laughs> the comment. I hope he got in trouble because he had no I business so reading too. porn at work anyway. And if he hadn't left a shitty comment, I never would have rep- responded. So, but yeah, I mean, you know, it just depends on I have not yet banned an IP address from my site. I don't have membership. People seem to think I have membership because people write me at least three or four times a week to tell me they can't find their password. <laughs> That's because of me. I'm sorry. That's not your fault. I mean, it's like there's the only things that are locked on my site clearly explain how to get the password. So, like, you know, and the, the menstrual cup thing, the only reason why it got a password was because I didn't want people going into the page and going, oh, my God, what the fuck is this? Um, and so you have to read the little blurb that says this is what this is about, and if you've read this whole thing, the password is blah. You know, so it's right there. It's public. People see a locked page, and they go, I've lost my password. Or, And not even that. People haven't even go to the page, and they just go to my site, and the login that's listed on my site is for administrative purposes, and they all think they've lost their password. I'm like, I don't have site registration. So people think, um, they also think that it's the, the main website for, you know, James Lilly's ship. You know, whatever. I've just gotten or- used to the one they think she's my secret pen name. <laughs> or they think I'm Kira. Um, but, you know, I, and it's, I think it's, I, even for abusive comments, it's like, I haven't even, most of the people who send me abusive shit um, send it to my email. And, you know, whatever. But, um, or they leave it for me anonymously on AO3. So I haven't had to ban anybody's IP address on my on my website, but I am going to start doing it. I think with the people who think that they, for some reason it's not even abusive in the traditional sense, but it's like they have an axe to grind. It's like they they think they're going to catch me out being a hypocrite about something, or they hear me say that I don't like something on the radio show, and so they write me to tell me that they've seen examples of that in my work. And this stuff just keeps coming up over and over and over and over again. It's like I talk about crying Tony. You know, we've talked about the pussification of Tony Dinozo. And they'll write me to point out all the times he's cried in everything I've ever written. And it's like, what are you trying to do? Why are you so invested in making me wrong or making me be a liar or making me be a hypocrite? Because the thing is, you're not right. You're wrong. You're on the wrong side of this little argument. But whatever. But I just don't understand the investment in doing it. And it's starting to drive me crazy because it's at least a couple times a week that someone is doing shit like this. I don't, you Siri, know. I am not talking to you. Quit it. <laughs> Here's what Siri thought we're I wanted to know. Tonight. Yeah, Siri says huh? it's starting to drive me crazy because at least a couple, cause happening at least a couple times a week. And Siri's response is, "I don't know how to respond to that." Thank you, Siri. What <laughs> up, Siri? We don't care what you think. I'm not talking to you. Apparently, some sometimes um, when I say seriously, she thinks I'm talking to her. Um. Oh, seriously, I get it. Okay. Uh, 
uh, well, earlier in the year, or maybe last year, we talked about tall poppy syndrome. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think some of that, in this particular instance, is what that is. It's tall poppy um, syndrome. Um, it's kind of like that one person who kept emailing me to tell me he thought I was oh, she th- she told me I was overrated repeatedly. <laughs> Every time I put something new out, and uh, it always happened around after I got like fifty or sixty comments. I will get an email from her. I can't believe everybody's reading re- reading this and responding so positively. You are so overrated. Gee, thank you. Whatever would I have done without your opinion? I started responding with "Go fuck yourself," and she and she eventually stopped emailing. <laughs> well. I occasionally, um, just a side comment, Jeep comments, that um, I think that Tom Cruise is overrated, which is why I don't watch the movie. I agree, but there's that one movie that Tom Cruise is in where he gets killed over and over and over again. And I, I haven't seen it, but I kind of want to. It's awesome. <laughs> is it awesome because he gets killed repeatedly? The, 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 section, of the section of the movie where he keeps dying... I I can't I can't remember last time I laughed that laugh that hard. It's just like and like my sister and I watched this movie together, and I made her rewind it like six times <laughs> to watch that <laughs> segment where he dies over and over again. Actually, the only Tom Cruise movies I like um, are the Mission Impossible movies. I really enjoy the Mission Impossible movies, which are terrible. I know. It's, it's, yeah, yeah, I mean, especially Ghost, Ghost Protocol was my favorite, and I like the first one, too, although I didn't like that they made um, – what's his face? The traitor. Um, but the um, – there was, I remember which one. I remember it was two or three, um, where they did that spoof. I don't know if they deliberately did that little rip on the last of the Mohicans. I will stay alive. I will find you. Bit. I rolled my eyes so hard it gave me a migraine. <laughs> I was like, please don't. <laughs> that was probably a mistake. That one I didn't like. I thought it was really dumb. But most of them I really find them very entertaining. And of course I liked Risky Business. You know. Um, well, if we're going to go back that far, my favorite in that particular arena would be Top Gun. Yeah. So the movie, people ask me what the movie was. I'm trying to look it up. Oh, my goodness. I am paying for a mistake I made earlier today. Let me tell edge you. I forgot. It, it, it was an Edge of Tomorrow is the one where he keeps dying. Um, I, <laughs> I It's not Tuesday, but I got tacos anyway. And here's the thing. That's, I what, had, that's what I was having last night. Um, I had five tacos, and I had them on a plate, and I was, I broke my USB cable. I'm really upset. It was a really long one, too. Um, I had gotten up, and I had one taco left, right? And I really didn't want to eat it because I was full. I probably should have only got three, but I ate four. Anyway, and I had five. So, because um, it came in a pack. That's, that's how they get you. It was a deal. So I get up from my desk and I go get some more tea. 
Now, thankfully, I'm one of those people who only eat tacos a certain way. So all I had on it was lettuce, egg, not egg, lettuce, cheese, and meat. Jack ate it. And I've been wondering how this was going to manifest for him, whether or not we were going to have a really long night. For the record, apparently tacos make Jack gassy. Just in case you were curious. I can't say I woke up wondering about that this morning, no, but it's entertaining. Better your nose than mine. Although my nose would be fine with it. No, I didn't break it. Okay. It was kind of bent, but I put it back into place, and it it seems to be okay. You know, the way that came out earlier was I had a plate of Thai, five tacos, and I got up, and there was one taco left, and I broke my USB cable. (laughs) (laughs) That's an odd punchline. I picked it up, my um, my USB cable, to, um, to plug in my Kindle. And it distracted me when it wasn't the way it was supposed to be. Um, so, but, yeah, I had five tacos, and, and he ate one. And um, I've been wondering how it was going to work out all day. And now I know. So you mentioned yeah. food and packs. So I have to tell you guys. And you guys, you guys need to be impressed with me at the end of this, not horrified. Okay? I'm just saying. This is an impressive <laughs> feat. So, my favorite chicken wings place, I, Wednesday's usually chicken wings. So this, this wasn't this week because I'm still recovering from last week. Um, usually tacos on Tuesdays and wings on Wednesday. That's my thing. Um, but I had tacos <laughs> last night instead. So my favorite chicken wing place, they changed their sizes. And I didn't notice. And I didn't even notice the price increase, right? Because what they did is they were never selling their small pack of chicken wings. They were only selling the medium and the large. So they made the medium a small, and they made the large a medium. And then they added some whole new monstrosity called a large. Great. Fine. So I ordered my usual medium. No, small chicken wings. No, medium. Medium chicken wings. I ordered the medium. And I get home. And it's, I kind of noticed, I was in a hurry, and I noticed that it was a little heavy. A little heavier than it should be. Because it's usually 10 little chicken wings. Now it's 20 chicken wings. <laughs> So I have got 20 chicken wings. <laughs> I'm like, huh. And nobody else eats chicken wings but me. And they're fried chicken wings, too. I'll have you know, because they're not, they're not buffalo. They're, they're, they're these Asian chicken wings. Korea, Korean chicken wings, and they have this soy garlic glaze on them. Oh, And they're so good. Korean chicken wings, way better than any other kind of chicken wings. I'm just saying. And I've got 20 of these little things now. <laughs> I was like, so I get through my t- the 10 I usually have when I'm in the mood for wings. And I'm contemplating this. They ain't going to be good. It's not going to be able to reheat these, and they're going to taste good later. No. No, I persevered. no. I persevered, bitches. I ate all 20 chicken wings. Yay. Congratulations. I agree. Warmed up wings don't taste the same. They don't. They don't. And so I thought, you know, and my sister was like, you really ate all those wings? And I was like, I did. I don't feel good, but I did. I have. I have. I've been to the mountain of wings. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go, Thundercut. You can now assume that I am Asian if you like. <laughs> Korean, nonetheless. Korean, yeah. Uh, anyway, 
But no, you know, back to that thing about this person who keeps trying to catch you out. I I really do think it it, it boils down to um putting you in your place. Taking you down a peg or two. You know? Yeah. That's why that lady wrote me to tell me that, um, well, she basically was telling me I was overrated, but she kind of put it in different terms, you know, that um, my work was entertaining and some people like that. As opposed to to the people who read shit, you know, fiction because it's, I don't know, a noble thing. (laughs) You You know how you've mentioned, this is total tangent, but you know how you've mentioned that you talk a lot with your hands? And I do, too. Mm-hmm. And I wear a Fitbit on my left wrist. And I talk so much with my hands that I've I've walked 50 steps in this podcast. <laughs> I haven't moved. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't moved a step, but my Fitbit says I've taken 50 steps in the last hour. <laughs> all that arm waving you've been doing. Yeah. That's all my gest- gesticulating. I'm like, <sighs> my voice in here conducting a symphony. Um, I, um, that, that, you know, actually that's one of the more snotty writer things I've, I I encounter among writers, um, is that, um, admitting to other writers that you read or like to write romance, um, can take you down a path of, judgmental bitches. I mean, it is unreal. I remember going to a nano event and um we they were going around the table asking, you know, what project will you be working on? And this was about ten years ago. Um, I'd been published for I don't know, four or five years at that point. Um and I had maybe six print books out. And I was just trying to connect with local writers because I was, you know, kind of alone and writing is a very solitary process so when this nano thing came up the national novel writing month and there were this these groups meeting around town where i live i was like well, i'll go i'll go to one um and uh the girl next to me it, it, it's her turn and she admits that she's writing a um a, a romance novel and she gets some of the dirtiest looks this woman says, well, are you sure you want to waste your time with that? And she said, yes, I'm quite sure. So it gets to be my turn. And I said, before I tell you about my project, um, I'd like to point out to you that romance is 80% of the fiction market. You're aware of that, right? And her mouth dropped open. I said, romance sales represent 80% of the fiction market in today's economic situation, just to let you know. And I'm writing an erotic romance novel um, that is under contract and due with my public uh, writing in nano would be good since I have such a short deadline. I said, and my goal is 75k this month. What a bunch of snobby bitches. 
And she was like, you have a contract? And I said, yes, I'm multi-published, actually. And I flipped her my card across the table. I said, that's my website, and you can go look at my books if you like. (laughs) And the girl next to me leaned in real close. She said, I love you. (laughs) (laughs) What a terrible whore. I was like, oh, my God, you judgmental bitch. You bitch. But it isn't. I mean, I've encountered Take No Shit was born. Um, I've encountered that a lot, actually, um, being a romance writer. Um, and even being um, writing erotic romance or erotica, which is where I eventually went because erotic romance really wasn't doing it for me too much. So I, I moved into erotica um, for financial reasons. <laughs> but um, when um, romance writers would find out I was writing um, – erotica or erotic romance they would be like well that's selling right now I was like yes as a matter of fact it is it's selling really well thank you for asking what you're supposed to have a higher calling be writing because I'm writing writing not for money I'm a sellout right (laughs) and it boils down to the fact that there's going to always be someone who will try to, I don't know, knock you off whatever step you're on. I do have, um, in my current um, writing group, there is a woman writing um, what I would, you know, literature. She's writing um, literature. And um, she asked me to read it, and I told her I couldn't. And she asked me why. I said, because honestly, it's boring. And I said, I've not read your work, but I'm my relationship with literature is not a good one. I hate nothing more than this world than A Tale of Two Cities. And one of the first things you told us is that your favorite book was A Tale of Two Cities. <laughs> I said, we're not going to be good partners here. <laughs> it doesn't work. You need someone who's more, um, whose thought processes go along the same path as yours because I'm not going to be able to give you any kind of input um, that would be valuable. And so I'm, I'm just going to tell you that it's boring. So there you go. You can get it in advance. <laughs> But then there was that time that woman had written that terrible romance novel because she was trying to get money. Um, And she wasn't a romance writer. She was a mystery writer. Um, And she decided to write a romance because it was easy. If you could see my eyeballs right now. Um, Because it was easy to write a romance novel. And she asked me to read it. And I did. And it was... It was she was marketing it for a Harlequin line, so it was like sixty five k, um, not a long read and not a complicated read, um, because her vocabulary wasn't exactly um, expansive. Anyways, um, I read it and I brought it back to her, um, and she asked me my opinion, and I said two things to her. By the end of chapter three, I wanted your hero to die. And two, that whole bodice ripper, 
you really do want to have sex with me thing went out in the 80s. Publish that shit anymore. I said, you basically wrote an asshole hero who rapes your heroine. So the next time you have somebody read this, do warn them in advance that, that your hero's a rapist. She left my writing group and hasn't been back since. I'm oh, but sure hey, romance you, is easy to write. I'm sure you mourn her passing every day. <laughs> I wonder how she is. But, I mean, it, it wasn't like a... It was one of those capture pirate things and he's a real bastard the whole time and um, at one point he decides she's going to sleep with him and she says no and he says you'll do this or I'll throw you overboard so she agrees but that's not consent that's surrender to survive and that is not consent anyways um yeah, she didn't appreciate my opinion. Sorry, I'm not interested in reading your rape fic. I'm just, just saying. <laughs> but I was like, really? This is what you think a romance is? No wonder you're single. Because <laughs> if you're waiting for this asshole to come along, you're going to be in for a long wait. <laughs> Or maybe not. I last year I had well, never signed up like on the I had never signed up on the official nano site until last year. Mm-hmm. And um I was thinking about just trying to change up my routine a little bit. So there are a lot, a lot of nano activities going on in my area. And mind you, mm-hmm. geographically my area is massive. I mean it's 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 not just population, a lot of population density, it's a lot of land area too. Mm-hmm. Um so I could something could be in my area and be an hour or an hour and a half drive for me. Um, and so there's all these events, and so I, I get you know hooked into the they 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 show me the like the the people that are local to me. And there's all these events that come up. There's a a kickoff party that was about an hour and fifteen minutes for me. And there's groups that meet multiple times a week or once a week at certain coffee shops. Some of them near me, some of them not. And um, for a couple right. of things, I con I contacted the um, like the organizer of like the launch party that also you know then after the launch party they were going to do a um they were they'd have a week the launch party was away from me but the the weekly um meetup thing that they were doing to get together and write for 4 hours it was a 4 hour thing every week was fairly close to me so I contacted them and they asked me some questions about my writing and like have you written before you know they're just kind of like friendly and they asked the way I saw at fan fiction and um she, her response was trying to remember exactly how she put it. I don't think you'll find anyone of your interests here. It was just something really snotty about me not being able to relate to other writers because I write fan fiction. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, well, this is just putting me right off of the whole nano site. This whole work going to meet local writers thing. You have a bunch of, And then I read that article that you shared today about... Um, you want to be a better writer, better writer, read more fan fiction. And the first paragraph, which just had me in stitches, because it says most fan fiction writers know that in the larger writing community, their work earns about as much respect as letters to the penthouse forum. 
Talking to fi about fic to someone who has never read it is usually an exercise in explaining and defending its creative legitimacy, not to mention fielding awkward, smirking questions about which character may have been sexually violated by tentacles. And, you know, that is exactly what it's like. <laughs> it is exactly what it's like, yeah. This person speaks from experience. No, there are no ten. You know, I'm gonna have to put tentacles in some story now, just because. Just because. Just so I'll have be... an answer for that question. As a matter of fact, yes. Spock. <laughs> that should just be your answer from now on. If anybody asks you if anybody's taking it in the ass with tentacles in your fic, you say yes. As a matter of fact, it was Mr. Spock. Here, for those of you who don't, I didn't see what Kira shared. I'll put the link in the chat room. Captain Kirk had an unfortunate transporter accident, but Spock made him feel better. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so this week, folks, someone sent me a scene. Not an actual written scene. Like, um, and I've had people send me suggestions before, which, you know, I actually really, this is actually one of the things that bothers me. Almost more than anything else, people who suggest what I should put in my stories. But they sent me a whole scene about somebody could do such and such, and these are the people who would be there, and this is how they react, and you could use these three or four lines. And I was like, really? I just kind of stared at my screen like, is this happening? Is someone punking me? This must be somebody I know. <laughs> <laughs> if only I'd thought of it first. <laughs> I was like, no, A, for sure, it was like, no, that wasn't going to happen. But, I mean, they clearly thought it was a really good idea for a sequel to one of my stories that isn't getting a sequel, by the way. Um, but you could do a sequel and you could do this and this and this. Um, I get that. I actually get this a lot on um, that first Harry Potter story I wrote where Severus and Lucius are Harry's parents. It's people telling me what I could do for a sequel. I just kind of roll my eyes because I've been really clear I'm not writing a sequel for that story, so I just kind of roll my eyes at it. But um, So I get a lot of scene, sequel, here's what you could do, here's what you could write. It would be really fascinating if Wait, you do this. And, isn't that the one where someone suggested that Harry and Draco be a future pairing? Yes. Okay, in that story, Harry and Draco are actually brothers. They are actually yeah. brothers. Lucius so close, their magic starts to twin. <sighs> Just saying. Yes. Will Harry and Draco be a pairing when they grow up? No, that's just they're brothers. That's gross. Come on now. And you makes you want to ask. Did you actually fucking read my story? <laughs> did you not you know that they're siblings? Again. And let me know how inappropriate and disgusting your question is after you read it again. No, they probably did read it, but they're probably the oh. same ass who enjoy Wincest. And I'm sorry if you enjoy um, Supernatural Incest fic. No, I'm not. I'm not sorry. I think you're disgusting. Gross. Or another brother pairing, the, the Epps brothers. No. Come on now. That's actually almost abusive considering how um, Charlie worked so hard to please Don at every opportunity. That is, oh, I'm genuinely horrified. Oh, I, it, <sighs> there is no tentacles up anybody's ass in my fic. 
that was like a a lie. <laughs> I never written any. Oh, well, oh wait, there were tentacles in that fic. I thought you were talking about. Um, well, we don't discuss what to happen with bones in that fic. That's right. Bones doesn't. Bones doesn't kiss and tell. I thought for a minute that that was Tangled Destiny. I was like, no, there was no physical second Tangled Destinies. <laughs> the only, the only story, the only, the only media where tentacle porn, tentacle sex, was apparent and acceptable was Galaxy Quest. We're just all gonna have to agree on this. <laughs> oh, that's just not right. <laughs> <laughs> God, those things definitely wanted to kill Guy. Um, I just have a real problem with incest. It just bothers me a whole lot. No, it's yeah. terrible. It's terrible. I, you know, this is you know, this is sometimes I do have a little bit of a, this is like a little bit of a dichotomy in my own mind, where it's like I have like go and say, okay, intellectually, I'm not going to kink shame. I'm not gonna. You know, your kink is not my kink, and that's okay. I have that whole thing going on in my head. But then I react so negatively, so this, at such a visceral level to some things being just new. That, you know, I can't, you know, I'm not going to say that I find incest okay when I just, like, it creeps me the fuck out. Well, I got, um, actually, um, I did get a pretty snotty response to a couple of shows ago. It might have been a little bit longer than that. I was talking about why I won't post on AO3. And one of the reasons why I don't post, um, while I do have my translations, um, the the Russian translations for Tangled Destinies on there, that's somebody else's um, um, posting that I'm attributed to. I don't post my work on AO3 because... um, they allow the posting of Chan and pedophilia. And I don't want my work on the same site with pedophilia. So I'm not going to post on AO3. And it is their choice to include pedophilia. It is my choice not to participate as an author. And um, someone sent me a little email saying that... um, um, I was trying to encourage censorship, and no, I'm not. I have not said a single word to AO3. I have not emailed them or commented on it. I haven't reported a single incest pic, and believe me, I wanted to. Um, I'm just not going to associate myself with it, and that is my right, and I have every right to also say it. Mm-hmm. I we um everybody knows I post my work on AO3 and I didn't take it personally that you said that you don't post your work there and your reasons why. So. At one time I, I I probably would have posted my work there until I found the pedophilia and I just can't. I don't want my work on on the same fucking screen with it. I don't know. I just don't. I don't. In fact, I've almost even, I rarely even go to AO3 to read. Because I was so... Yeah, um, fan fiction on that has it too. It's just, it actually is against the rules on that site. Um, well, I'm not there because I'm too dirty and um, the commenters are assholes. 
Yeah, it's the asshole commenters that keep me away from. <laughs> I'm also too dirty, but it's the asshole commenters really that deter me from. I know some some authors put an edited version of their fanfic on FFN and say if you want to read the adult <sighs> the version, go here. Yeah, I don't have the time and energy for that kind of crap. Um, and I'd I have to do a podcast for cock, if I'm remove all the cock from my story, I guess. I mean, but what will be left? Yeah, so it's just but the um um you know it. So it's there, it exists on that site, but it is against the terms of service. And if, if a story gets reported for it, they will take it down if they know that it's there. Whereas AO3, um, you know, their policy is really, um, um, it, their policy is that it's okay. Yeah. That anything and everything is fine. That's their policy. And, you know, this is the other one of those things where it's like intellectually I understand that they wanted a safe haven for everyone, but I don't know that we need – it's like why can't you be doing a thing like that where you are – it's okay to have some line, some limit. It doesn't have to be all or nothing. It's okay to say that this is an illegal act and it's morally reprehensible. And so we're not going to allow it. It's okay to draw some lines. You can still say you're against censorship and still draw a line in the sand, you know. Um, but people do this. They do. They people are very. A lot of people are very all or nothing. I. Um. You know. It, even the incest really doesn't mean it, I don't, I'm not going to read it, but it doesn't bother me the way pedophilia does. I'm going to have to pause myself for a second. Okay. Well, in, incest is um, as long as the incest is with consenting adults, I can kind of put it out of my head and go, um, you know, that okay, it's a kink. Um, I can kind of draw that line as long as there's consenting and consent going on there. Um, but when, when, but someone, when someone's not a consenting adult, that's just, it's just completely different. It's just completely different. Um, I, you know, I don't think somebody mentioned that they're trying to imagine ties that buy about the cock. I, I think even if she took out the explicit sex, I think that it would still be too dirty for fanfiction.net. Just saying, just saying, I don't think it could go. I don't think you could, I don't think you could, uh, in any way edit ties that bind into something that would meet fanfiction.net's, um, terms of service. Mm. No, I mean there would be like five scenes. <laughs> It'd be like pie and bye. It would be funny to actually like put up the first part and see how long it lasted before somebody reported it. Except I really don't have any interest in um being on fanfiction.net because even if I um Appreciated their format, and I don't. <laughs> their commenters are assholes. They're, they have they have the most entitled, abusive commenters. I mean, fanfiction.net has a whole culture around people reading stories they know they're not going to like just to tell the author how horrible they are. For no reason. Or, it's sort of like it's sort of like the Tiva shippers and the NCIS. The NCIS fandom on fanfiction.net is really big. Um Someone asked me if I considered myself a big-name fan of the NCIS fandom, and my answer is absolutely not. And one of the reasons why, hugely, other than the fact that I have no interest in being a big-name fan, is because I don't participate in the biggest area of fandom, that fandom, which is on fanfiction.net. Because there's this huge, um, the TV shippers, 
Not all the people who read Tiva are terrible. I'm not saying that. I'm saying a lot of the people who are terrible come out of the Tiva shippers. I mean, these are the people who get you death threats to Gary Glassberg. It's just like the Harry Hermione shippers. Yes. Yeah. And they would they would go to slash stories and whether they sometimes whether they read them or not and abuse the authors for writing um like Tony Gibbs or whoever. Oh because God, it was my post the nastiest thing I could possibly find on fanfiction.net. And and they're just you, you you know, you'd look at these comments and people and so there was a lot of these you sometimes you'd read Tony, you know, uh, slash stories on fanfiction.net and the authors would comment about, you know, in their author notes about um, how tired they are of the, you know, says, I warned you people that this was Slash. Why are you who don't want to read Slash, you think it's nasty, commenting on my story? And so I would go and look at the comments. I'm like, why are they doing this? And it's a really pervasive thing. Um, and I saw it in the Harry Potter fandom. Um, I saw it in Magnif- you know, Magnificent Seven stories on there. I mean, just everywhere, every which way you turn, there's some, some you know, d- group in the fandom that's really a big bully that takes it upon themselves to go to the stories that don't meet their standard and abuse the authors. And it's just – and fanfiction.net doesn't do anything about the bullying that happens. Um, and so I just was like, I'm not putting up with this. I'm not going to One thing there. I got um, – I got a private message when I was posting um, Stargate over there. Um, and – I got reprimanded for not thanking my commenters. Now, I don't have time for that. Am I supposed to go through all a hundred and something? Com- thank you, thank you. What? Who the fuck does that? Who has time for that? Well, a lot of a lot of FFN writers, especially in the Harry Potter fandom, it's very common. And I, you know, if you have time for this, that's great. I have not had the time or the patience. I would never get any writing done if I took every the name of every commenter, put it in an author note, and thanked and commented on their comment. I'm like, what? Well, the first time I saw that was like, I'm reading along. I think it's gonna be a really long part, and I get halfway down the screen and it starts listing usernames, and replying to their comment and it was like what is this I hate that I hate that and it pads the word count of the story oh it does because I there was a hundred thousand word story that I was reading before they put the copy protection into fanfiction.net and I was so tired of reading these expansive author notes and it wasn't just commenting on to comments it was also long rambling things about what was going on in their life and in the middle of it there'd be some critical piece of information about the story and so it's like if you didn't read the author notes you would be missing stuff but you had to read all of this stuff about cats and old people and visiting relatives and it was like <laughs> so i this is about the, without the copy protection this is before they started doing you couldn't copy and i copied it all into a word document and i wanted to read the story and i stripped out all of the notes more than 30,000 of the 100,000 words went away. Wow. That's almost 50% of the story volume, um, of the 70,000 words in story volume. It's like taking 50% of that and making author notes and review comments. That was like, what? And I, I, thought, I thought I was maybe exaggerating it in my own head how much of it there was. 
That's what I It wasn't like, always against the rules to have those long ass author notes. I think they made that a rule because of the way that people were using the author notes. It was ridiculous. But it wasn't always a rule. People were putting up whole chapters of nothing but author notes. Like you get a notification of a new chapter and it was just and it would just be an notes. author note. It was just notes. And that is definitely against and if you can report you can, I've never I've never reported the only time I've ever reported a story on fanfiction dot net, um, it was because it had a graphic um pedophilia in it um but um you can report stories that don't that that do that because they're supposed to not put up chapters that are not story content but it was just it was like whoa um author note abuse author i've never seen author note abuse like they do it and it's almost like it's a cultural thing it's like you read it and like people who like i get really pushed to post on fanfiction.net which i do not understand Um, the ncis thing Probably, but she would. But, but she would violate their terms of service within the first what four or five chapters of um, like anything, you know. Uh. I use cock way too much for fanfiction.net. When, when someone asked me about posting on it, I said, I'm, "I'm sorry, I'm just too dirty." I mean, as a rule, and I have my own site for a reason. Now, no doubt, within the next week, I will get somebody responding to me and telling me. Um, all the all the stories that I've written that were within the fanfiction.net terms of service. And in advance, I would like you to tell I would like you to kiss my ass. Exactly. So. I just save yourself the effort because I'm not doing it. Um, you oh, kiss Julie's ass too. And Lady Holders. Oh, she's not on the phone. Well, she's not on the air. But I'm positive you can kiss Lady Holders' ass too. And Senna. Senna would, Senna would probably even let you kiss her sword right before she chopped your head off. Um, <laughs> the, um, although the, I have to admit, one of the funniest things that happened, it, funny and a kind of tragic, although this actually there were two things. But there was funny tragic, and then there was funny, oh, my God. Um, the funny tragic was um, I was complimenting an author on, I really enjoyed the story, but it was clear to me in their I thought it would be clear to me, but clearly wrong, that English was their second language. <laughs> just in their, just in their grammatical structure, you know, verb noun order, verb noun agreement. I told them, I just commented, I said, you know, I just really applaud you for tackling a project in English. It's just, <laughs> whoops. <laughs> I can see this already. Oh yeah, they were, they were so pissed because you know they're like from I don't know somewhere in the Midwest and um, <laughs> born in America. You know, it was like English is my first. I don't even speak any other languages, and I was like, I was there thinking to myself, but well, you don't even speak Are this you one. Sure? Yes. It's <laughs> <laughs> horrible. So you I, were I trying to be complimentary. I was, and I apologize, and I've never commented like that again. Anybody, this was way back when. Um, and uh, I said, you know, actually I did. I t- tried to make her feel better because I said, I think I commented on the wrong story. I'm really sorry, you know, blah, 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 but whatever. It didn't go over well. But um, the other time, I thought I was reading these stories, and I read a story, and and then I read another story by a different author, and they were very similar. And, like, some word choices were exactly the same. Um, very unusual word choices were exactly the same, thematic things, a few sentences that were identical. So, And then I found a third one completely different author like exactly the same thing so i went back to the very first story that was posted um the oldest of the ones i had read that were um 
And I wrote the author, I said, I think somebody's plagiarizing you. And I just want to give you a heads up, and here are some links to some other stories that are a lot like yours. And uh, and they're also using some of your actual, you know, language. They're actually using some of the, some pieces from your, your stories. Um, it's not just conceptually similar. They're actually using some of your, your you know, sentences and some of your paragraphs. Um, I got back this flaming email about how I didn't know the difference between plagiarism and um, that these stories were nothing alike and that, that that I would even see similarity between these stories to show what an idiot I was. And I was like, so I'm sitting there reading this thing because this, this, I was trying to be helpful. And I get, I'm reading this thing, and I thought about it. I wrote back, I said, oh, so you wrote these three stories under completely different names and uh, and uh, you... Uh, are just trying to get extra attention or something. Is that the deal? Which made her three times mad. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, because that is the only reason. And, and I looked more closely at the profiles of these three or four stories, and they were all, all the usernames were created on the same day from the same non-U.S. country. And... Um, Okay. So I said, I said, okay, so this is just some sort of weird bid for attention and validation. You couldn't just do one story. You had to, you know, slightly rewrite it and post it four times. Is that the deal? You know, she, her, her anger just was epic. But the thing is, it started with me trying to be helpful and let an author know that I thought they were being plagiarized. And instead I got, <laughs> you horrible person, you wouldn't know the difference between a plagiarized story and an original work, and these works are nothing alike. And I was like, can I point? And I, even in the original email, had given her all these instances of clearly to me plagiarized content. So I had already given her the instances <laughs> of similarity. <laughs> The best part, the worst part is, is she probably plagiarized somebody else to begin with. That's probably true. And the thing is, she responded back so quickly about the response back was within ten minutes. And these were all store, all these stories were over sixty or seventy k. Um, and um, she um responded back within ten minutes that these stories were nothing alike. I'm like, wow, that's really quick for you to have analyzed three or four seventy thousand word stories. Plagiarize fandom, fan fiction in fandom. Now I've seen, and it, and it was bad. I've seen someone take a story from a fan fiction writer, scrub it clean, and publish it as their own work. Professionally, that's really ugly. Um, it got really ugly really fast. Um, but I don't understand. Stealing somebody's work in fandom. Now I don't understand stealing somebody's work to begin with. That's not something that I I don't under I don't get it. But come on, what's the point of plagiarizing somebody's fan fiction and publishing it in fan fiction community in your own name? It's not like people aren't going to go back and tell them. And what are you getting at? I me? Mean, I just want to hear people are getting out of that. The wrong kind of attention. It's what it is. It's the wrong kind of attention. And I don't understand it. If people saw something that was strikingly similar to something I had written on another site, they would write me. They would tell me. Yeah. And I would appreciate it. Um... Because it's not like it's not going to get back to the author. 
the original author. I had someone email me because someone used Matt Shepard without um, credit. (laughs) It was a story on AO3. She said, I don't mean to be a tattletale, but there's an author on AO3 using your Maddie, and she didn't give you any credit whatsoever, and here's the link. (laughs) (laughs) So I go over there, and I'm like, well, damn, she sure did. She didn't give me any credit. So I emailed her and I was like, um, look, would you please put credit for me up with for my original for my original character on your fic so my readers will stop tattling on you? <laughs> Cause by that point, by the time I got over there and read it, there were two more emails in my inbox. She I was probably like, didn't oh, realize please. she was original. Um, she didn't. <laughs> she did not realize he was the original character. And I was like, Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Please, please, don't be mean to him, <laughs> and credit me so my readers will stop tattling on you, because right now there have been six emails. Um, See, I ha- but yeah, I have to I hijack have that a lot, actually. I have to hijack um, um, Maddie again in November, because I tried plotting the story without Matt, but you've so messed up my head canon that I can't. Sorry. It's terrible. You, you just have to keep him pretty <laughs> and clean. He will be pretty and clean. I've never abused Maddie, but you know it's just he. Um, I tried just having yeah, the Shepherd Brothers it. in my plot, <laughs> but it's like, where's Matt? <laughs> <laughs> well, I had to put Matt in um, Lantian Legacy because originally um, I had drafted the plot for Lantian Legacy, and Matt was dead. And that was before he was like iconic. Right. It was pre it was pre ties that bind, which is when I think that Matt kinda of took on a different Matt was more central in, in ties that bind and than, than he was what might have been. And it became and I'm like, I can't I'll get <laughs> I'll get nasty emails if he's dead on this on this show. So so show this book. So I had to move him around. I had to give him. And so Matt's really inserted in um, the uh, second book because he because um, he wasn't there originally, and it reads very awkward to me because he wasn't the first time I wrote it. So um, I'm I'm maybe. You guys don't notice how awkward it is, but to me, it's just extremely awkward. I didn't think it was awkward. To me, yeah, it's just because it's my perspective. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. Yes, in Iterum, when John went back in time, he... um, because that's kind of my headcanon, that in the original universe, Matt's not there because Matt died. That's my headcanon for why he's not on the show. <laughs> Can't help it. <laughs> so. Yeah, and Tony's definitely related to the Shepherds now in some fashion. I mean, he actually won't be in my November story, um, but they didn't know each other as kids. Um, so there's going to be... Um, you know, there's at least some kind of familial connection a little bit. But in general, you know, for me, Tony's totally a shepherd now. Even if even if the shepherds never appear in the story, it's like somewhere in the back there, he's a shepherd somehow. I just can't get over it. But 
But it's like, you know, trying to write a story with shepherds in it, because I really, I didn't even need the brothers. I really just needed Patrick. But if I'm going to have Patrick, I might as well put the brothers in. But once I did that, I was like, where the fuck's Maddie? And I was like, <laughs> You can't not write Maddie. People will be emailing you, where's Matt? <laughs> I'll be like, I forgot to ask Kara if I could take him out for a walk, so just leave me alone. No, but um, uh, that's really interesting because um, John's family will be um, um, off screen the entirety of my nano project because um, of the way the structure is done. And I was, um, I've gone around and I've named all these different things that will happen. And the computer bank that holds humanity, I'm going to call it the ark. And so in the center of the ship is the ark. And when you get harvested and put into the ark, you're, there with everybody else, and you kind of you're in suspended animation, basically. Your consciousness is, um, and then when you're put into a synthetic body, um, you come back out of that of out of the ark and, and into a synthetic body. And when your task is done on the ship, you submit to harvesting. <sighs> because. The point is, is you don't want to spend a great deal of time by yourself if you're the only one awake, because that can lead to insanity. So most of the time, there's only one person awake at any given time, and they cycle by the year. So by the time the ship reaches their destination, there have been 2,963 cycles so far in my plot. So they have kind of cycled around and Rodney has um, spent four years on the ship not in one go but in different cycles um, and he's coming out for his fifth cycle as my story starts so so the shepherds are there they're in the ark yeah they're in the ark see Um, I need to I'm I'm having the the, I'm only even though I'm I'm kind of writing I'm I'm like plot world building for seven werewolf nations um, or lichen mm-hmm. nations. I actually, there's a little bit of a distinction between lichen and werewolf, and lichen fits a little bit better. But um, um, I'm only going to really be interacting with three of them in the story. And um, I wanted Patrick Shepard to be um, the leader of the werewolf nation that's predominant in the in the United States. And um, I was going to just have Patrick in the story. And I'm like, well, yeah, John and David, you know, they're going to be. And the, he's, um, he's the leader of the, the, the nation that, uh, Steve McGarrett's in, um, which is how he, they all come in in the story, um, and um, and I was like, okay, so let's say David and Tony knew each other when they were really little, and there's gonna be some comment about that uh, Patrick had originally intended they had intended for David and, and Tony to, to to mate, and I was like, oh God, no, I thought of him like a brother, so that's gonna be my nod to. Um, Thing, but then I was like, there's just no Maddie in there. I was like, oh god, this just—I broke the shepherds by leaving him out. I have to put him out. <laughs> yes, He's my like, synthetics will be fully organic people. They're just not made in a womb. Yeah, and they're genetically modified um, to uh, to live longer, to be stronger, and. They will all, the five crew that get woken up for the landing and the selection of their planet 
will also submit to harvesting because at they're going to have to redesign their bodies to live on this new planet. I, I don't want to live in a world where the Earth is destroyed, but I do want to live in the. I, I would. It would be great to be able to be harvested and get a new body on the regular. You know. <laughs> well, the thing is, is that a lot of the people um, who are in the Ark haven't um, had a body in three thousand years, and some of them hadn't had a body in longer because they started harvesting people. Because the biodome couldn't support them. So people started volunteering for harvest to make room for everybody else. So, like, for instance, Jeannie harvested when Madison was a teenager. But Madison didn't go into harvesting until she was in her 30s. So when Jeannie comes out, her daughter's going to be grown. Her daughter will be in an adult body. Because Madison grew up, but Jeannie harvested to make room for Maddie to keep so Maddie could grow up. So there are no kids in the ark. Only adults were harvested. So adults harvested to make room for children, and especially when they were bringing in refu- refugees from other countries and managed to get everybody that was left on Earth into the biodome, they had to harvest the oldest ones. To make room for the children so they could grow up. Because there wasn't enough room for them. So some of them went into harvest, went into the ark, when they were on earth. And they don't know that earth is gone. That earth is unlivable. So they're going to wake up in a new body on a new planet. That'd be like some kind of, that's beyond culture shock. That's like what, I've got body shock, I've got... We're on this new planet. The sky looks different. That would just be so weird. During my research, I found out that we have two moons. Did you know that? We do? Yes. What we? We have two moons. It is... Hold on, let me get my notes out. Because I almost used it as a ship, but for my ship's protection, but it's actually too small. It is, um, it's a mini moon. It's called HO3. It's a, it was originally an asteroid, but it snagged into, um, our gravity. Um, and it isn't the first second moon we've had, but the other one didn't stay long. And this one's going to stay for centuries. And it's at, at its closest point, it is 14 million kilometers to us and its day is 24 let's see no its day is 40 hours long and its year is 365 days and Damn. it is 120 feet across and 300 feet wide and it is technically a quasi-satellite, which qualifies it as a moon. Two moons. Huh. Live and learn. We are very original with our naming, aren't we? We've got, um, we called our planet Earth, we called our moon, Moon. And then when we discovered there was more than that, we were like, well, we've got to get a little bit more creative than this. (laughs) (laughs) 
can't call everything with dirt Earth. <laughs> we can't call everything that or- orbits the dirt Moon. <laughs> but the first one um, stayed with us a couple of centuries, and then it and then it um, it spun out too far, and Earth lost it. Um, and now we have the the new one has been um, it was been around for a couple hundred years, but we just only recently in the last decade saw it, like two thousand. Can anybody tell me how to pronounce that? I got no fucking clue. Anyways, it proved to be too small for my ship because um, the point behind putting my ship in a um, an asteroid or a small moon is to protect it. And that particular satellite was way too small. So I've been looking at different ones. And um, I'm actually going to um, use one of Saturn's moons for my ship. Anyways. Crewing ya. <laughs> That's very weird. I would not have thought that from the spelling. Crewing ya. That's pretty. Yeah, the, 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 the true... Um, 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 the IPA, the the IPA pronunciations don't. I don't know what all those symbols mean. <laughs> no, no, just c word. <laughs> but no, I've picked um um um. I'm probably going to use um. Daphnis, 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 Daphnis. Um, it's a small moon, um, orbiting orbiting Saturn. Um, and, um, I think I'm going to use that, so, um, I've read, but, uh, I've just read that the, there the are 62. Too big? What? I said, of which you have 62 to choose from, orbiting Saturn, right, apparently. Right, right. But some are too big, and some are too small, and some are made of ice, and some are made of water, and you... It's really interesting, because a lot of times, you know, you think about moons being a very solid surface. Because our moon looks particularly solid, but a lot of the moons out, like with Saturn and with Jupiter, some of them are gaseous. Some of them, um, like, I mean, it just depends. And then some asteroids are not solid either. So you know, it just depends. Um, and I. You don't want the asteroid or the moon to be too big because it'll be hard to move and hard to break free from an orbit and difficult to get into. And you don't want it to be too small because then it isn't going to offer the ship the protection you want it to offer. Yeah. And it can't also be delicate, so it can't be made of fucking ice. See, this is this is fun research. I kind of envy your research. You wind up knowing about the solar system and that we have two moons and what moons are made of, and I get acquainted with stalking laws in Maryland. <laughs> I have research. Well, you can envy. do werewolves in space. <laughs> Just <laughs> so you know, it's interesting because I did all this research for Venus when I was going to do the NASA AU, and um, I've had to start over. Um, and I thought I could just, you know, just find an asteroid that was the right size and move on. But all the asteroids that were the right size were made of practically nothing. 
<laughs> they're just dust clouds, like the one that follows Linus behind us on peanuts. <laughs> well, that's not going that, to work. You need that <laughs> asteroid that was going to impact Earth in Armageddon. They need to go hijack that right? asteroid. I think, but actually, I think that one's too big. That is an enormous um, asteroid. Because not only do I have to find one that's a good shape, I have to find one that has a mean radius of at least three kilometers. And the mean radius is the center to the outside. So if I'm going to put my ship in the middle of an asteroid, I have to have a lot of room between my ship and the outside of the asteroid. So a mean radius of one mile is not enough. Because once I get my ship in there and all the auxiliary that I need, I might have a half a mile left between my ship and the outside of the asteroid, and that is not enough to carry what it's going to be carrying. Because the right kind of impact could hit the ship, could break the asteroid through the surface and into the ship. Like they're real people. <laughs> I do. And like, and like, like, you, <laughs> like you couldn't write out any tragedy that you wanted. But the thing is, the thing is, if you don't, if you didn't do this, inevitably you'd have gotten an email from somebody who had to tell you about your how your science was wrong, science, how you, the science mistakes you made. I'm going to put down at the very bottom of my story. Please don't tell me that my science was fake. I am aware. <laughs> Hello. Honestly, when someone points that shit out to me, I'm like, dude, I was there when I wrote it. I really was. I, I was there when I wrote it. You're not telling me anything about my story. I didn't already know. Sitting there going, huh, I was confused about whether or not we could harvest humans and put them in synthetic bodies, but thank you for clearing that up for me. That shit is actually pretty scarily close to possible. Yeah. In an unfun but, way. Let me point out something implausible in emergence to me once, and I was like, oh, oh, so it wasn't the people that can shift into a 40-ton dragon that bothered you. It was blah. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. So the whole dragon thing didn't bother you at all. Okay, just just let me know. Just, just let checking. me know. We're down in 51 seconds. Um, we'll be back tomorrow, and tomorrow we're going to discuss the fucking challenge for November. Um, get it this time. You assholes are going to get on board. I mean it. Say good night. Good night. Shut up and sit down.